This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. The violence and looting that took place in KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng a few weeks back has left us all shocked and dismayed. Unfortunately, in Durban, the tensions continue to play out among different race groups. Reverend Canon Peter Houston, a canon theologian for the Diocese of Natal, and his community have all been affected by the unrest. Many of us look to religion for strength and support. But Reverend Houston believes that through interfaith work, we can help find our common humanity and move forward. Reverend, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. It's lovely being back. Reverend, you volunteer once a week at the Durban Holocaust and Genocide Center. Why do you do that? I've been on a a journey as a Christian trying to grapple with anti-Semitism within the church and, and the history of the church and the church's teachings, some of which even today are decidedly anti-Jewish. Um, and part of this journey has been seeking out experiences and connections and, and educating myself so that I can have my eyes wide open. There's a certain blind spot that uh, many Christians have to do with the anti-Jewish history of, of the church. And uh, volunteering at Durban Holocaust Center has just been in a way, an amazing way in for, for me. Uh, I've through them done a Melton course with Richard Friedman on diaries and memoirs from, from the Holocaust. Um, I'm, I'm working archives. So I'm, I'm handling postcards and, and photographs um, and items that just tell wonderful stories, but also tragic stories. Um, it's like an emotional roller coaster ride. And that's just as someone as an observer to this history. These aren't my family members and, and this is not my community story. But it helps me to be more empathetic. Reverend, you're mentioning that you found a little glass um, kiddish cup when you were there on Wednesday and that it's in many ways symbolized much of the fear. Well, I mean, not that there's any comparison, but what was happening here it was, it can be used as an analogy. When I go in, I will often see what items are um, to be logged or processed or, or, or measured or captured with, you know, digitally. Um, and I came across a, a beautiful uh, Kiddush cup that had come from Amsterdam, from a, a synagogue that had been looted and destroyed and desecrated by the Nazis in the, in the 1940. And the, the caretaker of the synagogue some years later was working, walking through the rubble um, and, and the ruins and came across this Kiddush cup. But it's glass. So this beautiful, fragile little glass cup so it survived in the ruins and engraved on it uh, at the center is the letter Chai. Um, and, and in Hebrew, it just says, God is our hope. And I was conscious of this interview and holding that cup thinking, isn't life fragile? And isn't life beautiful? And doesn't life often play out against tragedy and, and, and destruction? And I thought I have to bring this to our interview because it's the invitation to choose life um, and to pursue life. And when it comes to God, to, to choose a pursuit of God that brings life because religion can divide and things can be done in, in God's name that bring destruction and division. And that's part of the sad histories of, of, of different religious communities. Reverend, when we look at um, what has happened in the aftermath of the looting, we see that it's been ordinary South Africans who has who have come to the fore to once again, I think we saw during COVID, during the heavy lockdown, where just ordinary South Africans did what they could to help those that were suffering. It's 
kind of almost like, what, 16, 18 months later since the first lockdown, we had this terrible looting and it leaves us feeling very distressed. What are your thoughts? There's so much trauma that has been unlocked from this. I think there's a lot of anxiety and, and fears, and mistrust. We're sitting with uh, the rubble of relationship, to use that metaphor. And I think we, we each face with decisions to make about what are we going to choose going forward? Are we choosing actions that bring life? Are we going to choose actions that confirm our suspicions and mistrust of one another or uh, lead to just further destruction? There's a lot of hard work that has to be done. I was in Northern Ireland in, in the 1990s when there was a lot of sectarian violence um, and there's movement towards um, the peace process there. And I, I heard someone speak about um, a bombing where they'd lost their son and he was advocating for peace and for peace building and for uh, coming together and he said but the problem even with a peace agreement uh, was that the guns may have been taken away but he said they we still carry them in our hearts there's the heart work that needs to happen uh, if if anything if we can hold up the mirror of what unfolded in the in the past few weeks and say well what does this show me about my heart and what am I going to choose as a result? You believe that through interfaith I work, we can find each other's common humanity. Your own community that you work within, whether it be through the schools or um, within the areas, people from both sides are brought together. People who have been victims, people who have been perpetrators. How do you work in that kind of difficult situation? I think a wonderful example is Kloof High School, where my son goes to school and I'm on the governing body. And they have a peace garden at the heart of the school. And last year, towards the end of the year, they had to kind of renovate it and reinvest in it and dig up a lot of hard services and, and replant. And I think they intend to put up... Uh, a wonderful sign with a number of verses from different religions to do with peace, hence the name Peace Garden. Um, but I, I see in that an approach, which is to to recognize a common commitment towards peace building. Um, and I, I think at the heart of it, getting back to the heart is recognizing each in each other our common humanity. When I see even someone very different to me as being human like me, that is a bridge. That is a way into conversation and that is a, a way of not putting someone down. I, I think that the trouble happens when we write another off for whatever reason, whether it's a racial reason, a class reason, a religious reason. And, and then when they're less than me, well, then I can look down on them. And if I can look down on them, then I can act towards them in a way that then denigrates. And, and history gives testimony to where that leads. It's the work of recognizing in each other our common humanity that I think is, is the hard work, but it's the important work. What is the mood in KwaZulu-Natal like at the moment? I know there are still tensions in areas like Phoenix. I think it's on edge. I think it depends what community you live in and how, how much you've been impacted. I think it's the depends on the personal trauma people have actually had themselves or how distant uh, someone's been from it. I think Phoenix is far more on edge than 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 Kloof or the Upper Highway. And yet even in far more, more removed places, the, the question is still, well, will this happen again? What if it happens again? There have been families I know where they had their life in storage and was burnt and destroyed. How do you move forward from that? How do you work through that, that anger and grief and loss and trauma to want to choose life and, and move forward? Um, and 
by that meaning reinvesting community and in a hopeful South Africa. I think in Phoenix, uh, there's a, a lot of work going on about trying to bring people together to, to reconcile, to um, make amends, um, where justice fits in that because making amends is also about making right. Um, people have died. Well, what's the consequence of that? And died uh, on the many different sides. Um, so what does making right look like? But we're familiar with this as South Africa. Isn't that the big question from the days of apartheid and the Truth and Reconciliation Commission? What does making right and making amends look like? How do you move forward when when one injustice has been done upon another? We haven't answered that as a nation. Do you have any thoughts in your last remaining minutes? I think it's to, to choose life is to choose to see the human in, in one another. Um, I think many of the Jewish sages and, and, and rabbis gave teachings on, on, on this to say, recognize your humanity at the heart of it. From dust we came to dust we re- returned. Um, we made in, in the divine image. So when I look at another, I, I have a choice to see whose image I'm seeing in that person. Is it the image shaped by prejudice and, and by fear? Or is it the image where I say, wow, there's something divine in that other person? I think that's an incredibly beautiful note to leave this on. Thank you so much for joining me and keep up the incredible work that you do do. I know you're going to be a guest again and we're going to talk more about interfaith. Some of the work that you do and some of the problems that you come up with. But um, yeah, I think we need people like you to inspire us right now. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for inviting me back. That was Reverend Kenneth Peter Houston, Kenneth Theologian for the Diocese of Natal. Just before I say goodbye, download the new Diskim app from the Apple App Store or Google Play and enjoy the convenience of ordering your scripts via the app and then collect in store. Check your benefit points. Locate your nearest store. Stay up to date with the latest promotions and create personalized shareable shopping lists. Download the Diskim app now and enjoy the benefits. Diskim Pharmacies. Pharmacists who care. Thank you to all of you for joining me. A special thanks to VC Masinga for producing the show. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, you're welcome to send me an email on sharice at shajbd.org. Until next week, I wish you all Shabbat Shalom.